As expected, whether it be Sony or Microsoft revealing their next-gen details first, they would be shortly followed by the competition. This past week, Xbox, due to a calculated leak or not, revealed all of the details of the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S, including specs, price, release date, Game Pass, and pre-order details, among other things. Now, less than a week after Xbox revealing their next-generation plans, Sony has unveiled their plans for the upcoming console launch. On September 16th, the PlayStation 5 showcase happened and gave us one last glimpse into the near future of what PlayStation has to offer before we can actually get our hands on it. This is the Video Games Podcast. The PlayStation 5 showcase was quite lengthy as it clocked in at a little over 40 minutes, featuring almost everything that you would have wanted to see, including some longer looks at games that we knew about, some new game teases, the release date, and the price. It wasn't a perfect presentation as there was some crucial information missing, including when pre-orders go live, what exact games will be coming on day one, and a few other smaller items. The silver lining is that there is a lengthy blog post on the PlayStation blog filling in some of those gaps. Some of the messaging that was left out of the conference was likely for the best as one of the more unfortunate but expected aspects of next generation is the price increase on the software. It all began with Take-Two announcing their pricing for NBA 2K21 and how it was $10 more expensive than current gen. This got the ball rolling with everyone expecting the $10 increase to be the norm. However, all developers and publishers didn't unanimously agree that the increase was what they would be charging. Ubisoft, for example, stated that they would be keeping the same price for the time being, but that was likely for positive press as the company has had a lot of bad publicity this year regarding working environment. Although with Sony leading the charge, it's inevitable that everyone will follow. Over on the PlayStation blog, there is a list of which games will be officially available at launch from first party, and out of the four games, two of them are 70, and Miles Morales has two versions and one of them is 70, which means that 70 is definitely going to be the new norm for premium game pricing. Sackboy, a big adventure, will be priced at a slightly less expensive 60, which seems analogous to last-gen pricing of games like Ratchet and Clank. It was only a matter of time before the cost of games increased permanently. The last time we saw them rise was back at the launch of the Xbox 360. Games have only become more expensive to make, larger in scope, and with all the negative stories that we hear about crunch, hopefully the extra money can help alleviate some of the pressure the developers put on their employees. This seemed like wishful thinking, and the reality is likely that the money won't make it to the bottom of the food chain, but we can always hope. My other hope is that we get a sliding scale for pricing of games this generation that might lead to smaller experiences being less than full price. The hope is that some developers charge what the game is worth and not just an arbitrary number. Games aren't the only thing that will be getting a price raise this generation as the DualSense will be a little more expensive, but once again, that is to be expected because if everything Sony has been saying is true about the controller, then it is much more technologically advanced and worthy of the extra price tag. The hope is that it is built a little stronger than the DualShock 4, which seems a little flimsy. 
the PlayStation 5 will hit store shelves just two days after the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S. November 10th is when the Xbox will go on sale and November 12th is when the PlayStation 5 will be available. This is the first time that consoles will have launched this close together in the history of modern console launches. Up to this point, the closest that we have seen was last generation with the Xbox One and the PS4 being a week apart. PlayStation 4 launched on November 15th and a week later, Xbox One followed on November 22nd, 2013. The other first in history is when comparing the main offerings because this will be the first time that both consoles are launching at the same price when comparing the main offerings. In the history of modern era gaming consoles, even dating back to the late 80s with the NES, there has always been some type of variance of pricing and this makes it very hard to use history of price and release date as a precedence for what could happen this generation. The main variance this time around could be the entry-level versions of each console. Xbox Series S is a slightly less powerful version of the Series X that isn't capable of the same visual fidelity among a few other concessions that it had to make. Despite lacking a few features, it is still technically a next-gen console and at $299 US, it does make a very compelling argument for its purchase as it is very inexpensive. However, similar to the launch of last generation, Sony has a more concise message that they are delivering. There is no worry for what model of PS5 features, what components or what resolution it can do or what frame rate is possible. The only question is do you want a disk drive or do you not? And this is very simple. Sony's rebuttal to the Xbox Series S is the PlayStation 5 Digital, which does not sacrifice any of the technical features of the PlayStation 5 other than it doesn't have an optical drive. This version is launching at just $399 US and makes an extremely strong counterpoint to the Xbox Series X. For just $100 more, you are able to truly get all the bells and whistles of next gen, including the DualSense controller. It seems like this is a repeat of earlier this year when Sony delivered a very to-the-point conference, once again making a strong case for why you should buy a PS5 this generation. The problem is that they bungled some of the messaging and definitely angered some potential fans with the pre-order troubles. In the past, Sony said that the pre-orders will not come as a surprise during the showcase. Nothing was mentioned about pre-orders. Then, on the PlayStation blog, it was mentioned that they would go on sale the following day at select retailers if you read the fine print. However, this wasn't the case as different retailers released pre-orders at different times, leaving many loyal fans in the lurch. If you weren't attached to your phone and social media, then odds are you have not managed to get a pre-order of the PlayStation 5 just yet. And it likely goes without saying that many of those purchased pre-orders were likely sold to bots who will scalp them should the PlayStation 5 be hard to attain this holiday season, which it likely will be. Now, pandemic or not, there are enough people who have enough money or who've been saving up long enough to purchase a new system. PlayStation 5 has come in and out of stock since the showcase, selling out in mere minutes. And I think with the pandemic, there is a much higher percentage of people that are going to be ordering online, which explains the online pre-orders selling as quickly as they did. This obviously is in conjunction with the first wave of PS5 being grabbed up by the hardcore fans and possibly some scalpers. Sony has said that it plans to have 10 to 15 million units by the spring of next year, which leads me to believe that you will likely be able to find sooner than later as we are not likely in Wii territory again. 
this could be an actual shortage of pre-orders or this could be an artificial shortage, which people have accused Nintendo of in the past because the narrative right now is that the PlayStation 5 is a very in-demand item. All media outlets are reporting on the scarcity of the PlayStation 5, which now creates an even higher demand. People think that if the PlayStation 5 comes back in stock, they might feel pressured to purchase one due to the fear of missing out. Now, either way, it certainly seems like Sony is leading the pack again with the Xbox pre-orders not going live until about a week after. This could be the difference for some people that were on the fence about which console to purchase to buy the first one that is available. There is some good news, and that is that Sony took to social media to address their poor handling of the pre-order situation and assured people that more units are on the way. And they said, let's be honest, PlayStation 5 pre-orders could have been a lot smoother. We truly apologize for that. Over the next few days, we will release more PlayStation 5 consoles for pre-order. Retailers will share more details, and more PlayStation 5s will be available through the end of the year. You can take it with a grain of salt, though, as they also said that pre-orders wouldn't be a surprise, and we saw how that initially turned out. Now, if you aren't dead set on getting one on day one, it sounds like you will be able to track one down at some point this year. Another item that Sony left out of the conference was what the launch titles would be. Now, technically, there isn't a killer app launching with the PlayStation 5, but it's been a while since we've seen a console launch with a killer app at all. Even then, those consoles that launch with a system seller don't tend to set the world on fire. Sales numbers wise, as we're talking about the original Xbox and the Nintendo 64 both launched with killer apps and they didn't set the world on fire. The exclusive launch titles include Astro's Playroom, which will be pre-installed on the system, Demon Souls, Destruction Altars, Miles Morales, and Sackboy A Big Adventure. One of the final announcements of the show was Sony trying to provide value in the form of a game catalog which they are calling the PlayStation Plus Collection. PlayStation 5 owners that are also PlayStation Plus members will get instant access to a curated selection of mostly first party titles such as Bloodborne, God of War and other third party titles like Persona 5 and many more. We didn't get a whole lot of information regarding this collection as to whether or not this library will grow or change over time. We also don't know if the PlayStation 5 will slightly upscale any of these games to make them look better than they originally did. We don't know if this is a limited time offer that will just be around for the launch period. There's plenty that we just don't know and these aren't new games and this service doesn't compete with Game Pass directly as there are many differences between the two options but I think it does provide value to PlayStation 5 owners who might have missed out on a few of these titles during the PS4 era or new gamers who skipped the PS4 completely. There is a lot to look forward to with the future of PlayStation and Sony did another great job for the second or technically the third time this year if you include the Mark Cerny GDC talk, showing gamers why PlayStation should be the primary console in your mind. Now there have been rumblings that the first year of the PlayStation 5 should be akin to the first year of the Nintendo Switch when it had Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart Deluxe, Splatoon 2, Mario and Rabbids, and a handful of excellent indies. In terms of what we know for sure that is coming to the PlayStation in the first year or so is Miles Morales, Horizon Zero Dawn 2, Ratchet and Clank, Demon's Souls, God of War 2, and Deathloop fill out the list of exclusives coming likely in the first 12 months of the console being on the market. Now, barring any setbacks or delays for these games, then we are looking at an 
excellent first year for the PlayStation 5. Now, if these games all make 2021 and the cadence is right, then PS5 momentum should ride right into 22 with a very solid lead. Outside of the world of PlayStation, Xbox and Nintendo are bound to have some excellent titles as well. 2021 will likely see Halo Infinite. It's also the 35th anniversary of Zelda. There's the rumored Switch Pro, which makes it look like 2021 has the possibility to be a challenger for the best year of gaming ever. That's all for the podcast this week. That was a quick recap of what happened during the PlayStation 5 showcase on the PlayStation blog and some post-conference comments. Thank you as always for listening. Right now, I'm enjoying Hades on the Nintendo Switch, and I hope to have a review up sooner than later. So if you're interested in that title, then please stay tuned. Now, as I mentioned earlier, there is a lot to look forward to with the future of gaming. So please remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, and more importantly, be nice to your fellow human. Mm